0: Well, hi everyone. I'm Daniel Williams, Senior Editor at MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. I am happy to have joining me today Eileen Gilbert-Droge. She is the President and CEO of Advent Health Medical Group North Division. She is also the MGMA Lifetime Achievement Award, which was uh, delivered last week in Nashville, Tennessee for the Leaders Conference. Eileen welcome to the show
1: thank you thank you very much
0: yeah so first of all congratulations on being nominated and for being awarded this mgma lifetime achievement award um we were talking offline i feel like i know you even though it's the first time we've met because i walked past a gigantic picture of you on the walls in nashville all last week what was that experience like what was it like to First of all, just be there in Nashville, be honored and all that goes with that.
1: Oh, goodness. Well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm very humbled and honored to have received this award. It was um, a fantastic experience. I've been a member of MGMA for many, many years and have been to a number of conferences and uh, I think I mentioned in, in our earlier conversation, it's always a great opportunity to get to meet others uh, in my line of work, uh, network, and and just the educational opportunities that are afforded to us are just uh, fantastic. So
0: Yeah, we've expanded our awards that we give at MGMA. There's an innovation award, there's a legislative liaison award, a forum rep of the year, but There's something kind of special about the Lifetime Achievement Award. I mean, you're not done with your career yet. I mean, you're already (laughs) getting a lifetime achievement award. So what is that like to get that particular award?
1: Wow. It um it's it's just wonderful. I mean, I think, you know, any anyone who goes into a career and dedicates their their life to serving others and then being recognized for the work that you've done throughout those throughout the many years that i've been doing this um it's just it's a humbling experience um but also wonderful in that you know i actually get to make a difference in a field that i've dedicated my life and, and service to so you know, what better award to, to receive than that, right? And you're yeah. right, I still have a lot more years to go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but it's an awesome feeling and experience.
0: Exactly. I mean, this seems like the kind of award you get, and you get a gold key, and you just ride <laughs> off into the sunset. But you've, I think, got a still a incredibly bright and, you know, energetic career in front of you as well. So I'm interested to see what that next chapter is like. So, Let's talk about what got you there in the first place. Mm-hmm. Just share with us a little bit about that healthcare journey, so we can just get a better idea of who you are.
1: Sure. So I actually started my career in healthcare just right out of high school. Um, started in that revenue cycle area, working in billing and collections. Um, was was quite good at what I was doing and and within a year was asked to be a supervisor and within a couple of years was managing my first practice and so I thought boy I really love this work if this is what I'm going to do I probably should go to school and get a formal education <laughs> and that started my educational journey and um you know, throughout my career, I've been fortunate to work for large integrated delivery systems. I've been an academic. I've been in private practice uh, and I've been uh, working for organizations across the country, all the way from California, where I was originally from, to um, Oregon, Washington, Chicago, New York. And now um, uh, home is is Florida. So,
0: OK, what part of Florida are you in?
1: I'm actually right outside of Daytona Beach in the Ormond Beach area.
0: Okay. What's the beach like right now? Is it still beach weather than Florida? Because we've got snow on the ground in Denver.
1: Yeah, you know, today has probably been our coldest day. It's running about 68 degrees.
0: Ooh, uh, um, it's good that I had
1: my, <laughs> my space heater on this morning.
0: <laughs> I feel for you as we shovel yeah. snow here in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Eileen, thank you for sharing that about your healthcare career. Let's talk about your MGMA relationship. Then, when did that start? How did that take place? So
1: uh, early on in my career, I um, had uh, access to a very seasoned, mature uh, medical group leader who introduced me to MGMA. Shared with me that this was an organization that um, really focused on, you know, advocacy, education, and networking, and so you know, throughout my career, I've really leveraged my, my involvement with MGMA to be able to take on extra responsibilities and duties and projects, even when maybe I didn't have the expertise. Um, and so that I think has really helped me in my career and helped me stay with MGMA. There's lots of other, other organizations, um, medical uh, healthcare organizations that, uh, that I've also been a part of, but I always come back to MGMA because they really do, I think they just, they're the gold standard for medical group operations.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And we're glad to have you be part of MGMA. So I was looking over your nomination and um, it's glowing. I mean, obviously uh, you were awarded the (laughs) Lifetime Achievement Award, but there's a lot of great information that tells about the kind of things that you have worked on over your career uh, in healthcare and for medical practices. So I'm gonna go over a few of those and just kind of drill down so you can share with our listeners some of the things you've been focused on over your career. One of those is strategic planning. Um, Mm -hmm. Are there some examples of strategic planning initiatives uh, that you could share with us?
1: So I think some of the most significant contributions that I have made to the medical group, um, groups that I've worked with um, around strategic planning specifically Was around developing and implementing strategic plans that really aligned with the vision and the mission of that particular medical group that i was working with that resulted in things like practice expansion and growth uh, improved patient care as well as increased profitability certainly leading and facilitating organizational change and transformation especially during times of uncertainty and, and challenge such as say, mergers or acquisitions, a lot of regulatory changes that have occurred over the years, as well as pandemics that we've experienced, Um, mentoring and coaching kind of that next generation of medical group leaders and sharing my knowledge and experience with them through various platforms such as MGMA uh, conferences, webinars and, and certainly publications. And then advocating for medical group uh, for the medical group field in general and the healthcare industry at large, and engaging various stakeholders such as policymakers, uh, payers, vendors, and community partners to promote the interests and needs of our medical groups and their patients.
0: Eileen, thank you for sharing that. So one of the other aspects that is vital um, in medical groups is not only having strong leadership, but also developing leaders along the way, talk about how you've created an environment that supports that kind of growth and development.
1: Sure. So I've always been passionate about developing leaders and creating an environment that supports growth and development. And I think that that is one of the most rewarding and impactful aspects of my work as a CEO, And my approach to developing leaders and creating an environment that supports their growth and development is based on several principles. So, for example, empowering and delegating, I I believe that leaders should empower and delegate to their team members and give them the autonomy and authority to make decisions and take actions that are aligned with the goals and values of the organization. This way, the team members can develop their skills, their confidence and ownership, and the leaders can focus on the strategic and visionary aspects of their role. Coaching and mentoring. I I believe that leaders should coach and mentor their team members and provide them with regular and constructive feedback, guidance, and support. This way, the team members can learn from the leader's experience and expertise, and the leaders can help them overcome their challenges and achieve their potential. Here at Avid Health, we conduct weekly connection meetings to ensure that as leaders, we're connecting with our team members, and hopefully, uh, uh, removing bottlenecks, for example, or ensuring that they have the tools and the resources that they need in order to do their jobs effectively and be their best selves. Certainly, recognizing and rewarding. I believe that leaders should recognize and reward their team members and celebrate their achievements and contributions. This way, the team members can feel appreciated and valued, and then the leaders can foster a culture of excellence and recognition. And finally, challenge and inspire. I believe that as leaders, we should challenge and inspire our team members and provide them with opportunities and resources to grow and develop. This way, the team members can stretch themselves and, and explore new possibilities. And then the leaders can focus on creating a culture of innovation and inspiration.
0: That is great. Now, you were talking about inspiring that team, giving them the tools they need. Uh, I want to talk to you about another topic that is um, front and center in healthcare with medical practices, and that really deals with burnout among physicians, staff as well, but, um, there's definitely, uh, an epidemic of burnout. We see a lot of studies that have taken place. Um, what have you done to, uh, address that issue in your, the practices you've been with? How do you, have you addressed a commitment to physician well-being?
1: So you're right. I mean, this is a really important topic and it's just been elevated since COVID hit, right? So, um, Here at Advent Health, for example, we are very committed to physician well-being and um, and wellness activities. So I actually am part of a a group, a physician well-being committee um, that meets on a regular basis where we're looking at strategies and resources that we can offer to our not only our physicians, but our our, uh, APPS, our um, uh, APRNs and our and our PAs in our medical group as well. We also have a tool that we're going to be launching here called the Mini Z. It's a survey tool that will help leaders become focused on what are those those issues um, that are causing burnout to begin with. So, you know, certainly, you know, there there are mental health issues and, and other type of issues. Um, wellness issues that may not be that may not be addressed. But in a practice, we can also look at things like, you know, how do we leverage um, improving workflows, uh, so that we make it more effective and efficient for providers and staff to do what they do best. And as leaders, you know, I, I'm not an MD, but what everything I do helps to go support them and being their best selves. And so looking at You know, flexible schedules. How do we look at those um, administrative burdens, if you will, that physicians, um, you know, are are wrestling with? And so, as leaders, part of our job is to kind of go in and and assess where we think we might have opportunities to streamline those processes and procedures, where we could maybe implement some lean um, Six Sigma type methodology uh, to, you know, because it goes to not just helping with. Um, wellness, but also and well being, but also you know margin, you know your financial mm-hmm. margin and things like that. So um, I think as leaders, just asking questions, going in and listening to your providers and your staff about what's causing burnout for them. Um, I think sometimes we we might try to analyze the situation and think we know best, but without going in and truly asking the questions, being direct, being intentional, and and then listening. Um, I think will go a long way.
0: Mm -hmm. When you are able to establish um, those type processes and that kind of care for the team, um, you're better able to then focus on those patients as well. Uh, I know that one of the things you've really been involved in is patient-centered care. Uh, And for the last couple of questions, I want to talk to you about first patient-centered care and then kind of look out into the future of what's next for you. So let's address patient-centered care first. Um, What have you been involved in? What are some of the uh, experiences, processes, projects you've been involved to provide better patient experiences and and better overall health outcomes for those patients?
1: Sure. So, Certainly patient-centered care has, has been a focus of mine, and I've always been driven and motivated by the mission and vision of providing the best possible care and service to our patients. So starting with measuring patient satisfaction, that can tell you a lot about how your patients perceive you and the care that you're delivering. And it really starts from the moment they call you to schedule an appointment and how they are treated. You know, We all want that friend in healthcare that you can Um, that makes utilizing healthcare easy to use, that is connected and streamlined. You know, using care teams and care plans and even care transitions need to be part of your daily vocabulary. You know, consumers today have choices and you have to prioritize them and their needs if you want to stay relevant. You know, over the years, I've adopted Studer principles. We've all heard of Quint Studer. Um, And that has served me well, ensuring that your staff and your providers also understand these principles will keep you viable in a very competitive market. You know, clinical excellence is always top of mind. In primary care, for example, ensuring that we're closing care gaps for patients will help to ensure that they have overall better health outcomes. Ensuring that patients have follow-up appointments after hospital discharges is another example. With the landscape changing and moving to more population health initiatives you need to ensure that your medical group has focused around this and we're seeing that even now as our organization has just moved our primary care for example to a new division because they want to be intentional and have line of sight and focus into what's on the horizon as our payers start moving towards that pop, that more population health. I think years ago, we had, you know, pay for performance. Well, it's evolving and iterating and we need to iterate with it.
0: Okay. Final question then. And I alluded to it just a moment ago, but um, this is a lifetime achievement award. And I, I giggle a little bit about that because um, I mean, I've been uh, talking to you here and it's clear that, your your career's not done. Um, <laughs> you've got a lot more that you want to do with it. Um, one of the ways that you have achieved, have achieved uh, lifetime achievement awards and just to the uh, experiences that you've had in healthcare is through the professional development that you've had through MGMA, through other organizations, um, through your own career. Uh, mm-hmm. I want you to talk about that. Talk about what that kind of professional growth means to you, how you've been able to utilize the information that you've taken, the networks that you've, you've built, um, and then how you've been able to pass that along to others as well. And I know that's a long <laughs> question, so mm-hmm. please, Eileen, address that in whatever way you would like to.
1: Well, sure, I I think, you know, I'm a strong believer in the the importance of collaboration and sharing best practices in the healthcare industry, because I think that the ultimate goal of our work is to serve the patients and our surrounding communities, and to improve their health and well being. So by collaborating and sharing best practices with other organizations, even those that could be seen as a potential competitor, we can learn from each other. We can avoid duplication of efforts, leverage existing resources, and then identify and address gaps and challenges in the healthcare system overall. This way we can enhance the efficiency, the effectiveness, and the equity of the care and service that we all provide to the patients and the communities that we serve and ultimately achieve better health outcomes for everyone. You know, I like to say we all struggle with access. There's enough patients to go around for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so throughout my career, not only have I learned from others, but I also believe in sharing what I learned with other other um, up and coming, you know, um, generations of leaders um, that will be paving the way for all of us, you know, in the years to come. So MGMA has allowed me to do that throughout my career and lever- leveraging those educational opportunities um learning uh, more e- efficient and effective ways um to to um do workflows or processes or how we deliver care and, and make our um operations more more efficient and more effective like i said earlier you know my job as a leader i'm not a clinical leader but what i do helps to pave the way for those folks that are providing the direct clinical care to be their best selves and to deliver the care that ultimately our patients are seeking. So I will continue this journey. I'm certainly not done. Um, I will uh, continue to be active within MGMA. I encourage others to get involved. Um, Over the years, I have been uh, I've sat on various committees. Or, um, or boards, and there's always op- opportunities to volunteer, and so I would just highly encourage others to take advantage of that, because I think MGMA is so resource um, in, intense of what they can offer to, to make us more effective as medical group operational leaders.
0: That is fantastic. Eileen, thank you for joining us, and congratulations again on your lifetime achievement honor.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the MGMA podcast. We have been joined today by the president and CEO of Advent Health Medical Group North Division, Eileen Gilbert Droge. And it's been an honor getting to talk to her learn from her today. And hopefully many of you got to meet her uh, in Nashville recently. So until next episode, thanks again for being a listener of the MGMA Podcast Network. If you like the work we're doing, please consider becoming an MGMA member. Learn more at mgma.com slash membership.